Hey everybody, this is Robert Steinman, your host of Random Encounter, the RPG Fan Podcast. I uh, just wanted to give everybody a little heads up here. We're going to be talking about Final Fantasy XV for about the first 45 minutes of the episode. Uh, I don't think we really go into any spoiler territory. We were very careful of that, but I know a lot of people are very concerned. So this is your warning. If you're really worried about Final Fantasy XV spoilers, please skip ahead to minute 45. Thanks, everybody. Welcome to episode 120 of Random Encounter, the RPG Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Steinman, Pale Robbie on the boards. Joining me today is, I don't think I've ever mentioned that your picture is uh, is you, Derek, with a slime on your head. Yeah, that is factual information. That's my Twitter profile picture, too. Hey, I'm Derek Heemsberg, and I'm Embryon on the boards, even though I never post there. And uh, yeah, I'm ready to talk about some video games. Have you uh, beaten uh, Dragon Quest Seven yet, Mr. Uh, Heemsberg? <laughs> No, but I owe you a beer or twelve. Damn straight for beating. I do, there. There's so much on my plate right now, man. I want to though. <laughs> I I, uh, I beat Pokemon Sun, and then uh, I did all the post game stuff in that, and I was like, all right, it's time for me to get back on that Dragon Quest train. And I booted it up, and I was like, what's going on? Yeah, that's kind of the problem. By using so many assets over and over again, we we talked about on the last show that that game gets a little like, wait, this was the village that did what now? Was this the one where like people yeah. were animals, or was this the one where like people were stone? I can't remember yeah. which one this is. Which is why I'm glad that this one has the uh, the in, the built-in functions for like the story so far, and then the fragment finder. Otherwise, I would have absolutely no clue what to wait, do. Wait, was the beer for enjoying it or for not enjoying it? No, no he for beat finishing it. it. Oh, yeah, I, good job. because I, I didn't think that Rob was even going to like Dragon Quest Seven. I was like, Rob, you are too damn stubborn and bullheaded about traditional RPGs, and like sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but no, he, not a, not only did he uh, buy it, he enjoyed it and beat the damn thing. So I, well, I you got to remember, least... I, I I did beat Dragon Quest Nine, and I wasn't a huge fan of that game. I think I like this one a little bit better than Nine, but. I really wish I could have been able to play a nine multiplayer, but you know that's neither here nor there. Uh, the person who was cutting in there was uh, Steph Canadian Bacon Sibidlo. Thanks. <laughs> no, no, I had to, somebody had to explain to me. Jackie had to explain to me what uh, Canadian Bacon was last night when we were uh, we're at the movie tavern, so I can have a beer while I'm watching Rogue One, and uh, I was very confused because the last time I got a burger from them and it was a bacon burger. There was just a slab of ham on my burger. And so I'm asking the waitress, like, uh, uh, w- what is the deal here? Like, why did ham come out of my burger? And Jackie's like, you idiot, it's Canadian bacon. That's what it is. And I'm I love like, how quick you are to crop all over Canada, like, whenever given the opportunity, and yet you're so ignorant. Well, like, I mean, I'm looking for houses <laughs> You're like the right South now, Park so. explanation for how Canada seems. <laughs> you just, you know what, Steph, with your flappy head, all right, I just, I can't do I went oh, to hey, Canada. Oh, hey, Robert, how you doing? <laughs> I went to Canada <laughs> in South Park to stick a truth. And it was an 8-pit RPG. <laughs> That's how it really looks, right? You can cure it um, oh my god. <laughs> Please talk like that always and forever. No, I don't want to hear about Noctis like that. Please don't Robert, do that. Robert, anything. 
Oh my god. All right, moving on, moving on. We also have uh Caitlin Final Fantasy 15 is the greatest game ever made and anyone who disagrees with me <laughs> shall be shanked Argyros. Uh yeah, I I didn't say that. So. No, you said it was better than 12. I heard you say it. No. Oh uh, <laughs> no. That would have to be some feat for me to say it's better than 12 because everyone just, knows how much I love 12. Although it's, it's an interesting world. comparison because 12 also had similar problems in both its development, well not that bad, but similar developmental problems and and issues with its story, so it's kind of fitting that then we're talking about 15. Uh, Link is our all on the boards, and um, I have thoughts. Some of them good, some of them bad. And we, Anyone's guess as to which is which. I made the blog thing. I have thoughts. I have thoughts. Caitlin. Thoughts will be had. Everybody put down the knives. Put no, no, no. The remember, remember the SNL skit? Deep thoughts. thoughts. <laughs> oh, God. Yes, with Jack Handy. Oh my god. And uh, finally, we have the uh, dulcet baritone tones of Robert Fenner, ladies and gentlemen. The Quiet Storm. Towns Carmarty on the boards, or um, as I'm now known on Tumblr, Prompto Lover 420. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Oh god, Are you saying there's only 419 other Prompto Lovers? <laughs> no, 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 I like that yeah, 428. Oh dear God! Okay, all it's right. It's nice to be back on the air with you all again. It's been a while, um, and it's uh, nice to join uh, Steph on a podcast for the first yeah, time. You too. It's, um, Yay. it's almost like we're on a little a little road trip of our own. Aww. Well, as but long with as we girls. Yeah, I'm. I'm down. <laughs> we talked about that on the last show. If they make Final Fantasy 15 too, and it's a bunch of drag queens driving through Dusk, I am on board. Like, but then they'd still be men. Yeah, they drag queens are guys. Okay, yeah, drag kings. Okay, drag kings. Yes, drag kings. Yes. All right. How about that? <laughs> okay, that I'm down for. That that's could be fun. cool. All right. Well, I just want it to be too Wong Fu. Like that's all I want. All right. I, I talked about. I, that. Well, I want a lot of things to be too Wong Fu, but I don't always get my way, Rob. <laughs> Patrick Swayze, we really miss you. Now, I tell you guys that one of my colleagues is actually like directly related to Patrick Swayze. Like, was his cousin. That's kind of neat. Yeah. Well, that's and now I'm depressed. And does your uncle work at Nintendo too? Uh yeah, uh, so my my uncle at Nintendo told me that like Final Fantasy VII is coming to the N64, and it's gonna have all the cutscenes and way better graphics. Okay, oh I'm telling you, you guys, I'm telling so you, you guys. True. Anywho, uh, so before we start talking about Final Fantasy XV, I need to take a second and thank uh, Kira Bright who uh, sent me an email directly saying, uh, you're having control issues in Final Fantasy XV. Do me a favor and switch over to type B or C. And holy crap, my enjoyment level of this game went up like 3,000% because I can actually move the camera and dodge at the same time. without. I, I uh, changed after you bragged about it, actually, and it is better. It is way better! Did you go with B or C? No, B. Okay, so for those that don't know, uh, Control Type B for Final Fantasy XV makes it so that Dodge is now on L2 and Attack is on Square. So you can easily attack things, start dodging, and then use your you know right hand the way God intended and your right thumb and pan around the environment a little bit and find things. As uh, God intended. Yeah, well, it, it doesn't make sense to have Square and Circle handle all the attack and defense because then you have no way of dealing with the game's unruly camera. Uh, type C goes so far as to put attack on R2. So at that point, Final Fantasy 15, the road trip game, actually becomes a driving simulator. So where does type 0 fit into all this? 
Uh, type zero was so you could get the demo for 15. Uh, yes. No, but like, it, it is so bewildering to me that type B or type C are not the default controls on this game. It feels like you are playing the worst control scheme one could imagine for this game. I don't know. Oh. I, I tried them and I stuck with type A. I mean, part okay, of it okay. is... I beat the game 15, with that yeah, 15 is not the only game in the world that has you controlling a camera while you should also be using the face buttons. You kind of get used to it after a while. So. Yeah, but when I'm getting like my face torn off by like some little beastie that's like moving through the environment so fast, like that's yeah, annoying. You're getting your face torn off anyway because you can't see what they're doing because they're all over you. That has nothing to do with you being able to rotate the camera. It has to do with there being way too many enemies and not being able to yeah. track what they're doing. Which it's I, not, it's not even one, when they're in plain view. No, I, I would agree with you, but I, I am saying that, like, some fights that I found very, very difficult with the Type A control scheme, when I switched over to B, I was finding the whole game much more manageable and just more fun. Like, it was easier for me to get those blindside attacks. Like, I was able to actually, like, move around and feel in control. Like, I wasn't taking my thumb off of square to then press circle to dodge. Like, I could just be sitting there, like, instantly switching over to dodge that much faster. It just... It, it it bewilders me. I, I get that you guys don't have a huge issue with those controls, and I've said it before on the podcast, I am very sensitive to controls in video games. But, like, it is, especially for the American audience, that feels asinine you, for them to have just gone with Type A. Not to go on too much of a tangent, but have you played Last Guardian yet? Uh, yes. Yes. Because yes. you want to talk about bad controls? That game I have uh, way more well, trouble with than Final Fantasy XV. Uh, but I'll say that... Uh, uh, well, yeah, it's a new way to game. Like, I'm I'm not surprised. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, that's kind of what you get with those games. But also, the stakes aren't super high. Like, th- this is not this where... Is true, yeah. It's not this like... Is not in Final Fantasy XV, where all of a sudden, like... Did anybody else run into... I don't know what the, the enemy... I forget its name, but the little uh, random tiger enemy that's just hanging outside of one of the bases that you need to go what? to? The curl? The curl? Yes, the curl. and I'm like, oh, I'm... That that dude's one level higher than me. I'm going to wow. He just killed me in one hit. Yeah, curls are tough this time around. Yep. Holy hell, that was horrible. You know about curls, man? They got blaster. Well, also the fact that you can't dodge that attack. That is real. That that was so effed up. Like all of a sudden, this enemy that is one level higher than me and like knocks me out in one hit. And like Steven was telling me, oh no, that's like a super hard enemy. And I'm like, yeah, do what the Witcher does and put like a skull and crossbones above his head. <laughs> so I don't think yeah. like, oh, little little baby tiger, I'm oh. going to mess you up. Learn through doing. <laughs> Can I just say an aside? I loved running into like that giant samurai enemy. Yes. I ran into the level 50 version when I was level 5. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. <laughs> but like yeah, that, if, you, was, if you go into that, that was wonderfully tense. Like, yeah, I, I went in there by accident, saw that the level was fifty, and I was like, uh, "Okay, I'm out." It's kind of weird though that you can. I mean, a lot of especially yeah. Western RPGs do this, but that they give you access to a dungeon that early in the game where things where you can just get murdered. But like everything else in the dungeon is level five except for the boss at the end. So that's kind of weird to me. Yeah, that's bizarre. Mm-hmm. It it just. It, I really I, did enjoy the dungeons though. I actually thought they were a good yeah. bit of fun. Yeah, they're yeah. my favorite part. I, gotta say. I, got I like little, the outdoor ones a lot. I got a yeah. little turned around in the, the ice dungeon at one point. Like, I slipped on something, and I got really turned around. And then the, the uh, what you call it, the the map targeting kind of sent me down a wrong path. Like it. <laughs> oh, oh, I can tell you a story about that dungeon. 
was okay, fighting a, a bunch of enemies towards the end of that dungeon. Oh, and I think we have the same story, yes. Yeah, one of them is, what, Yojimbo-like enemy, the guy, the guy with the sword or whatnot. Yeah. And a bunch of goblins. And I swear, I fell off the side, the... the the ledge like two or three times and had to run all the way back yep. around yep. and it reset the encounter every time and I was like, Oh my god. Yeah, I was like, getting wow. It's like Ninja I, Gaiden too. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was having the same problem there. It was like the yeah, like the birds in Ninja Gaiden. Like they just the kept birds, coming yeah. back. Oh god, but the uh, birds too. In, in that same dungeon toward the end I had to fight the uh, like three mind flares and I got two oh. of them down and then my AI just turned off on all my buddies. So, like, I got hurt, and Mr. Mindflayer was just, like, slamming my face in the ground over and over <laughs> again. And Prompto's like, what's the matter, bud? Like, hey, dude, what's going on? Come on, man, let's get going. Like, and I'm just dying. Like, I'm, I'm having my skin flayed, and I'm just like, what is going on? Like, why aren't you helping me? Such yeah, a I didn't like that dungeon very much. Yeah, it, it's it's weird. Like I, it's an ice dungeon. They all pretty much suck. Hey, Final <laughs> Fantasy IX's ice dungeon is fantastic. That's because it's the first sure. one. I know. <laughs> it's awesome. I like the uh, Moogle there. It's like you know, doesn't it yell at you or something? It tells you to go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very like it, it's a, it's such a weird game. So I I don't want. You know, I, I don't want this to be all negativity on Final Fantasy XV because I'm actually like, even though I am randomly going through like screaming fits with this game and some of the BS that it does, I'm having fun with it. Like, I like getting in my car, like Steph was saying on the last episode. I like driving around and completing quests. The guys are kind of growing on me a little bit. Like, you know, Gladiolus is is my bay. Like, I like him a lot. Ignis, like, Ignis Ign- is my bay. Ignis is pretty good, but that sparkly glove he's w- walking around with just reminds me a little too much of Michael Jackson. I'm just not. I'm. I'm just not. So, oh so man, when you, when you dress him up in the in the pinstripe shirt and the uh, suspenders. <laughs> mm-hmm. What a guy. Yeah, I kept him in that. <laughs> I, I like them all, but yeah. I like him. Yeah, and, I like them all. I, I think Noctis is a great hero too. I haven't really had the the so I'm the earliest in the game by far on the crew. Like I'm I'm still screwing around in chapter five. Uh, I kind of had to take a little break from the game when uh, I did the first uh, stealth sequence. Um, yeah, uh, that felt like it was from another game. Like fundamentally, oh, yeah. it, what was that? The one with like the warfields uh, and stuff. Where you have to go get the regalia back because yeah. you know we just we can't get another car because reasons. Um, <laughs> hey, the regalia is a magic car that automatically puts the top up when it starts raining when you're not inside of it. <laughs> okay, so. that's that's pretty cool. I'm gonna get Dad's car back, or I'll get grounded for weeks. <laughs> but so like. I'm doing that stealth mission, and it was kind of weird that all of a sudden they give you a stealth kill that you can't use at any other point in the game. Like that was, that was weird. Like, yeah. So I'm I'm doing that, and I like alerted the enemies once or twice, and I took them out. I'm 15 levels above these enemies right now because I've just been screwing around in the open world. And then you get to the part where the game goes like full alert because you know the best stealth games are ones that make you go full alert because reasons. And those dudes kicked my ass. Like, I got hit three times, and suddenly, like, everybody's all wounded and stuff because the game wants me to go do a turret section. Now, if you told me that a Final Fantasy game was going to have me do a turret section, <laughs> I like, are, are you kidding me? 
So I do all that, and then you have to wait for the summons to start to like end the mission. Yeah, I don't know what was going on with my control scheme. Maybe it's because I switched to Type B, and maybe that's why they don't want you to use Type B. I'm holding down L2 to summon, and it's just not happening. So I'm getting my ass handed to me in a fight, and I can't summon Ramu to finish the fight. Like, I expected Master Chief to come down and finish the fight. It was ridiculous. Like, it just wouldn't happen. It wouldn't work. And I was having flashbacks to fighting the final boss from Final Fantasy XII, where all my guys were trying to cure themselves, but the game wouldn't load the cure spell. So, like, the final boss just started wailing on me for 45 seconds and killed my whole party. Ah, see, and this is when your status as a glitch lich rears its ugly head. Yes! (laughs) Like, my, my mutant power showed its its evil tendencies, and I'm just sitting there like, finally Ramu showed up and, like, devastated everything, but good lord! Like, you guys have played further than I have in this game, and we're all agreeing that this game has huge positives and huge negatives. Yeah. Am I wrong in my assessment that it feels like two different teams were working on this game? That's exactly no. how I feel. I would say not wrong. Elaborate, please. I don't want to be the only one talking right now. Uh, we all have things that we want to say. Uh, I think that not just two different teams, but to me, Final Fantasy XV just feels like two different games put together. Um, I know that you haven't gotten to the latter half yet, Rob, but uh, suffice to say, because obviously we don't want to give too many spoilers since the game is pretty fresh, but um, you know, the game the game basically changes its structure about halfway through. It goes from this big open-world adventure to, like, a very linear guided experience, which there's nothing necessarily wrong with linearity. It's just, it's kind of weird how Final Fantasy XV seems so built around giving you all of this freedom, and then it takes all of that away. It takes away the car. It takes away cooking and camping. Like, you can still rest, obviously, because you have to to level up, but... It takes it away a bit too fast. Like, I wish some of the final places were a bit more playable. Like, uh, Altissia had a bit of land to investigate. Um, Then they kind of really tease you out with the train segment where they show a bunch of land that you don't go to. Mm -hmm. Yes, they do that. And it's it's kind of surprising because I thought that maybe they they would wrest control of that away from you for a little while for the purpose of moving the story forward. And then give it back to you right at the end. But they, they don't. And Oh, God, no. You can, what, you, what they offer you instead is sort of like a weird fourth wall breaky solution of like, oh, you can go back to the past and revisit your memories from that time. Oh, uh, and that, that kind of deals with the, the opening of the game, which if people are really sensitive about spoilers, I won't give away. But the opening seems to be taking place at a different period in time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of what you're getting at a little bit there? Right, so so yeah. while you can mechanically go back and continue to, to explore the world and even complete side quests, and by the way, there are side quests that don't unlock until you've beaten the game. So you, you can go back and do that, but at the same time, like to me, it feels kind of it feels almost wrong, and um, because it's pretty my redundant in a way. Yeah, well, it's it's because I like for me, I had already invested something in the narrative, and I already knew how everything was going to end up. And so, no, with that in mind, it's kind of hard to go back to how everything was because everything has changed by the end of Final Fantasy XV. And, I mean, to be fair, they they told us about this before the game came out. They explained that the it starts out open and it becomes more linear, but I don't know. They could have padded it out better. Yeah, and the feeling that I get is not so much that it became linear because the story required it, but that it became linear because they had they were rushed and they had to finish it. And well, 
it well, they became, had set pieces that they wanted to show off. Yeah. yeah, that that was the question I wanted to ask, which was um, when this game was first officially shown, and I mean like Final Fantasy XV, the game was shown, versus thirteen, the game was shown, not just the Noctis video with the spinny swords uh, all around him. When they first showed the actual game and they had Noctis running around like the city environment and fighting the behemoth, that felt like one game. And then when they showed like the Leviathan attack and Noctis almost doing like an uncharted, like going through a building sort of thing, that felt like another game. And then it's like you have the road trip game. And so I'm kind of wondering when Tabata-san took over on this, did he just kind of like add the bro trip and the road trip? That was redundant. I should have said bro trip. I had something really clever there, and I just completely up. When they when they had the bro trip, did they then still feel the need to put these set pieces that probably had a lot of time and energy put in, and then they couldn't finish this game? That's like, what is that kind of what it feels stubborn like. about some of those things, like. Hmm. Well, we already invested all this energy in making these areas, and we want to do something with them, but the direction kept changing so much. And you can see just the vestiges of plot points, you know, left behind. <laughs> like, there are so many things that just don't get tied up neatly, which is why they're patching some in, uh, some story DLC in for free. Which one, I, thing I, one thing I do admire, whether it was worked out well or not, is that they do keep the story with the main four guys. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a great. I think they're I, yeah, they're all fantastic characters, and I really like them. Um, uh, what I do wish they added was like kind of like a few games have is that you could keep news clips, or you know, you could see journals or other kind of things. If they help flesh it out that way, that would have even been pretty good. But there's barely anything. I I, I get what you're saying. a lot of plot. I, I get what you're saying there, Steph. The only criticism I'd have of that is, and this is because we were talking about it in the pre-show, was like, Dishonored 2 tells almost all of its through, uh, its story through, like, diary entries, to the point that when I would pick one up and just see this wall of text with, like, three paragraphs, I'm like, nope, not gonna read it. Like, and that, that, that's disappointing, but that's, that's the whole show don't tell. Argument. Yes, that that is the. It's not like this game even showed anything. That's well, yeah, no, that's the cardinal <laughs> sin that the story True. takes in this game is it does not show you half of anything that it should. It tells you a bunch of crap, and then it doesn't even tell you some things that would actually be really important information for you to know. You had to kind of glean it from context and loading screens, and you're not. Uh, Rob, you're going to hate Chapter 13, not because of <laughs> gameplay, but you're going to hate Chapter 13 because of what it does story-wise. Cause it, you might hate it for gameplay, too. <laughs> that, that, too. But and in my opinion, and maybe we're jumping the gun a little bit because we're talking about how they're going to be patching things, and they mentioned specifically they were going to be addressing Chapter 13 because everyone has been you know, moaning about how awful it is. Um, that is... It's at least one hour too long and 20 jump scares too many. <laughs> yeah, but for me, for me the gameplay was not the problem. For me, what the problem was how they that chapter is proof that they were rushed for the story because mm-hmm. they literally had to use the whole pick them pick items up and read about what the crap is going on in order to mm-hmm. explain yeah. important key important plot points, not only about what's happening in the world, but what's happening related to certain characters that don't get enough screen time, and even one of your own party members. So... Yeah, they totally gloss over that one. Oh, that's that's so bad. (laughs) Yeah, and... Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I don't want to jump in. 
the the other thing I'll say related to DLC is that we all knew that there was going to be character episodes featuring the uh, Gladio, Ignis, and Prompto, one for each of them. And we they didn't we didn't know what the context was. When by playing the main game, you, you pretty much know where yep. their character DLC yep. is no. taking place. You know exactly and, where. Yeah, and it's it becomes obvious that this is stuff that really ideally should have been in the main game because it's mm-hmm. important information that just gets glossed over by the story. They've so already they, announced where Gladios is going oh, to yeah. be, and it just and that, it's that's the first chapter in the game. Yeah, I'm but, really that, excited for that though. What they're doing do. with it seems like pretty big cop-out. It seems like he was going to do something important, but, you know, reading the press release and saying, it's like, I gotta go fight some bosses from other games. <laughs> do you think that, um, so I, I hear these complaints, and again, I haven't gotten there, so I, I can't speak to that. What I can speak to is that even though I think the narrative has been, you know, a little flat, and I haven't watched Kingsglaive yet, so seeing, like, a collection of cutscenes interspersed to kind of get like the big reveal after the first couple chapters was pretty bad. But like at the same time, I want to speak positively about how at least I have some emotional investment in these characters and they're not speaking about nonsense, not mm-hmm. trying to go back and attack 13 again, but yeah, I am <laughs> like, <laughs> They're Too not, many proper nouns. They're not talking about falsy, lussy, and my focus, and, you know, Hope throwing a boomerang over and over again after crying God, about his so mommy. But he's got a fishing now, rod. Yeah. But, now open the codex to find out what it all means. Yeah, mm. like, I, I get... And I'm not excusing the storytelling problems in 15, and I know I haven't gotten to the worst incidents, but at least this is a world that I feel some sort of connection with mm. instead Familiar. of... Familiar. Watching... It's got a gas station. It's like, I, you know... I mean, I mean, Final Fantasy XIII, I might as well have been watching the game played in Japanese without subtitles for all the sense that it made. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, this is just nonsense heaped on top of nonsense. And to play a game that's a little bit more like, okay, there's an evil empire, uh, they, they, done, they did some stuff, and uh, we're going to stop them. Um, I'm glad that you brought that up, Rob, because I, I think that basically what, what it boils down to is that Final Fantasy 15 nails the more micro-level uh, story beats, and, but not the, the macro-level ones, and that yeah. it has hmm. good interactions yeah. between characters that, that are all genuinely likable. I love the core cast. I think that all four of them are great. It's I love just, the bad guy. Oh, Arden's he's, great. He's fine. I don't know. I, I think he's I like also underutilized. But... I like his hair. Uh, well, yeah. One thing I like is that uh, even if the game is really spaced out in terms of the story sequences, I really did like the way cutscenes come together in the second half. Like, I thought they were beautiful looking. Yeah, they are. They're, mm, they're yeah. very beautiful looking. I just wish um, there was more story to tell them. Like, uh, the entire sequence on the train, you know, I just thought was really well done. kind of takes you through the motions, and you're kind of following a ghost around almost. Yeah, so I, I thought that whole segment felt, you know, kind of the way Noctis felt was it felt like a nightmare. You know, you're kind of going through these, uh, you know, really rough patches. You know, you don't know what's real and everything kind of feels like shit because you're going through a really rough time. And I thought they did a really good job with that whole section. I agree. Yeah. It's just a shame the reason why you're going through a tough patch there, which I don't, we won't spoil. Uh, but can I, can I just explain one of my favorite sequences, actually? As long as it's not spoiler heavy. It's not very spoiler heavy. Um, it's part of the sequence, though, where, like, you know, after, you know, a really bad event of the game, you know, you guys are still kind of stuck together. And, um, you know, 
you kind of walk slowly. Nobody's really in the mood to talk. You know, everyone's just kind of agitated. You, you that know, is you a guys very are, effective moment. Yeah, yeah you're, you chapter. guys are yeah, stuck together. You're brothers, powerful. but you're all just a bit pissed off at each other right now. And so uh, my whole sequence, the whole sequence I'm talking about is the bit at the swamp. It is yes. not at all fun to play, and the game makes a conscious, I think, makes a conscious effort to make it a very non-fun part to play. Um, hmm. So I just like the sequence of events, though, where um, they keep changing goalposts and everything while you're walking around. So, like, uh, just to explain real quick, you know, you have to get to the tomb, but you can't get to the tomb because it's blocked by a car that won't run because the power is down and a generator is off. And the key to turn it on is in a shed across the swamp, and you walk there slowly because one of your boys was hurt in a recent attack that killed the cat that ate the rat and lived at the house that Noctis built. <laughs> <laughs> And I, like it just keeps going, you know. You know, you always wonder when Noctis is gonna break because he goes through so much garbage. He's, you know, he's sad. He cries a whole bunch of times in the game just because he's going through so much shit. And to me, the game is a genuine it's tragedy. Warranted. It's warranted too. Yeah. Hmm. That's so, a very powerful sequence. Do you guys think that adding? I, I think Jim Sterling made the argument that like there there's no amount of story that can be added to sort of fix this. <laughs> do you no. guys do you guys think it can be fixed or is it kind of like I would uh, play a director's cut. I've, uh, I've don't tell them that. Don't tell them that because it's going to be Final <laughs> Fantasy 15 plus 1.3 or whatever. Like I've described it as basically then like them putting a band aid over an open wound. It's gonna make a difference, but it's not going to fundamentally change the the inadequacies that exist yeah. in the story. Because it's still gonna bleed the, out. the problems are throughout the it's throughout the entire story from start to finish. Really, yeah, it's, it's structural. Just, it's the whole it doesn't thing. become apparent at the beginning because it doesn't start kind of going off the the roads until the end because that's again, where you can clearly tell that they were running out of time and they just had to finish it. So it'll certainly help for the, you know, the specific character that they mentioned that we're going to be seeing more of because he, wow. He he and one other character in particular get the shortest end of the stick because they really need more screen time. So in that sense, it'll help. And it will probably help to explain certain events that with the game as it stands, don't make a lot of sense. I think that's um, one thing, though, is that I wanted more because I was actually pretty invested in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. C- can I ask a question? And before I ask this question, uh, Caitlin, I don't want you to think I'm asking this question to start a fight. Okay. I'm, uh, no, I'm not. I'm really not. I'm asking it because I want to see how it compares. Because having not experienced this stuff, what I'm hearing a lot of is the complaints that are lobby uh, that are lobbed at the second disc of Xenogears. Like ran out of money, mm. ran out of time. They kind of had to very quickly go through a lot of plot that would have been really awesome to go through, but you know, that was the time and they, they ran out of money. What are you going to do? Is it similar to that in 15 or is there like a fundamental difference here? It's, I would say it's both. It's definitely similar in that they ran out of time. I think that Xenogears love it or hate the monologue sequences. I think that was a slightly more graceful way to deal with the, the issues, uh, than some of the, the things that Final Fantasy 15 does. But on the other hand, I never got the feeling from Xenogears that it was trying to mash up Diff two different stories or multiple different takes on the same story, rewrite things like that, and that's kind of okay. what is a little bit apparent. With Actually, like kind of stemming from that, like uh, if there's one thing I wish it 
it kind of took a note from like Xenoblade on is there's so many uh, side quests in the game. I wish the side quests kind of dealt delve into the world more because that'd yes. be perfect ground to do that on. Yeah, yeah actually, I I 100% agree. That's one of they're still. It's really fun because it's it's fun exploring the world and the combat when it doesn't you know make you want to throw your controller is fun. But yeah, that's one of the disappointing things, um, especially after how Tabata was talking about they weren't just creating an open world and they were gonna try to fill it up with stuff because unfortunately they kind of did just fill yeah. it up with repetitive fetch quests and monster monster hunts and this it, dragon's causing some issues can you go take care of it they are very fetch quest happy but i think the reason why i'm okay with them is because i am noticeably getting stronger by doing them and that that feels like that Dragon Ball Z part of my head where it's like I'm oh, gonna go train. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna oh go train at a hundred times nor- Earth's normal gravity so I can go fight Frieza. Rob, like, wait oh, until no. you get further in the game. You said wait. Dragon Ball Z. I was literally screaming, "This is Dragon Ball Z!" at, at certain points later in the game. It sounds like I'm gonna oh, yeah. love this game now. But like, you know what I mean? Like the the side quests in uh, in Witcher are really like. They're super involved, and they give you so much flavor into the world. But what was so disappointing was usually you finish them, and it's like, okay, here's your 250 orins, and it's like, huh. There you go. Yeah. But, like, that fits with the theme of the character, but I didn't feel myself getting stronger from them. And and so when I finish a couple side quests in 15, I can't help but then go, wow, I'm, I'm hitting people a hell of a lot harder. Ooh, now I have some money to go buy some weapons. Ooh, now everyone... I'm I'm really messing things up now, and now I'm 15 levels above all the regular enemies. Like this feels great, and oh, a cat just ripped out my throat, and blood, 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 blood. I have and to say, I've seen like actual arms dealers, you know, selling you uh, your wares. Well, that's that's America in about three months. I mean, I, that's that's all I can figure. But like, there, there's something I I know they're fetch questy, but because of the progression system in the game and and earning AP and always feeling like you're unlocking something. Yeah, they told me to go collect another dog tag, but god damn it, I'm going to go do it. Like cuz I know I'm going to get stronger from this. And so they, but I agree with you guys, it would have been nice if maybe a little bit more of that world building had been tied into that. But again, I think this game kind of came down to it either needed another year in development or they were just going to bring it out now. You know. Yeah. I think they had to bring it out now. They were, yeah, yeah, fans yeah. would have been shitting themselves even more. Ultimately, I'm <laughs> happy with what we got. I am too. Yeah, I don't think it's a like a dumpster fire of a game. I just think that there's <laughs> well, and and just it's kind uh, of miraculous. It's as good as it is. Eh, it could have been better, but just <laughs> to to, uh, to close out on what you were saying about Xenogears versus this, I think that um, they they're just they're different in that they take opposite approaches. I think Final Fantasy 15 excises plot detail and says, you know what, we don't know how to work this in, and we're just going to drop all these ideas and make this streamlined. And jettison you to the finish. Whereas Xenogear says we have all those, these ideas and we're not willing to let them go. So have all of them in a text dump. Like, yeah. It was, Chrono Cross kind of did that too at the end too. That really pissed me off. Oh no, no, because the music worked. Like, oh. it, you will not, if I can't speak ill about Xenogears in front of Caitlin, you can't speak ill about Chrono Cross in front of me. That's like my child. I love it. I just think I, I will do, tech- Nope, step, step. I'm going the to, Where's okay? The Where's the mute button? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mute. Now, I, but like, I, I agree with you. And, and I think Caitlin brought up a good point, which was like, yeah, it's fun to, to beat up on Xenogears for like that second disc, but it was a, an elegant way of handling a problem. Like, yeah. the, the, those monologues did. And thematically, 
they do work. Like that kind of it kind of fits with the whole Xenogears is Evangelion is Shinji crying himself to sleep and doing things over Asuka that he probably shouldn't be doing. But like it's it's totally fine. Like it's it's fine. It's fine, Shinji. Go shame yourself in the corner. But like it it somehow worked and it feels like in a lot of ways fifteen is kind of like this this conglomeration of problems of like Final Fantasy VII, where they were making cutscenes and still writing the story at the same time, and so you you'd have one cutscene where Cloud has his Popeye arms, and then another cutscene where you know a, a character dies. I, I love how I just avoided a spoiler on Final Fantasy VII, followed by a snowboarding mini game, and it's like. But then you also have like some of the the Xenogears problems of like we just done ran out of money, and so we got to get this out, and it's it's, it's just weird, and it's like. It's kind of a Frankenstein's monster, but I am enjoying this game, and I can't say that about a Final Fantasy in a long time. Hmm. There's a lot to enjoy. Side note, but to be fair, Rob, you can you can. I'm not saying you can't say ill about Xenogears. If I recall, what I took issue with was saying that the second disc invalidates Xenogears from being like a classic must-play game. That was what I took issue with. People people can talk about because I agree. It's un- it's unfortunate, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't make it not a good game to play. So no, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's the same thing with with fifteen. I mean, it's 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 unfortunate that um, the story uh, couldn't have been told better. That it you know that it didn't come together better, but. It is what it is, and I agree with Robert. It's kind of amazing that we got anything that works at all, considering the development history and and whatnot. So, and I have uh, to say, I really loved the ending this time, though. This was a good ending to me. It was very sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Does it beat nine? I like the last, the Nothing very, very nine. last scene, but I don't like this. Not, nine's, nine's ending is like a damn heartbreaker. Yeah, nine's ending is amazing. See, I don't, I don't like the very last scene. I like the second to last scene because it's... Yeah, same. Um, but the reason why I don't like the, the last scene is because it deals with a relationship that isn't really developed throughout the mm. entire game, so... This is true. I, I'm also... I, I'm still going to wait. I know they just announced the, the holiday update and adding New Game Plus... I, I'm kind of feeling the way I did about Witcher, which is like, I know this game's going to get better, so I'm going to give it some time. Like, I am enjoying it, but I've got, you know, Rise of the Tomb Raider and a bunch of other stuff to play right now. Uh, but it's cool. It, it is a really cool game, and I, I don't want the listeners to think that we're being, you know, enti- completely negative on it. I mean, keep in mind, we haven't had a Final Fantasy game to talk about in a long time, and Final Fantasy games have always been pretty different. Like, they've always, you know, if if we were to have this podcast when Final Fantasy VIII came out, you would see some, like, explosions right now. Of just, <laughs> like, and then Jackie would come downstairs and start yelling at me that it's her favorite Final Fantasy, and I would start oh. filing, I'd start filing divorce papers. Like I that actually, def- Rob, I want to replay Final Fantasy VIII because I think I would appreciate it more now, having... Well, um- being old, not just because playing a fifth fifteen, but being older, I think because I would. Because you like the idea that Squall's dead, because I think that's a great idea. Like, I never, I never ascribed to that theory. I love it. I love it. It makes the game better. <laughs> but fascinating. Yeah. I want to play. Nine. I do want to play nine again. <laughs> Hot take. Um, getting Final Fantasy fifteen in my hands, it um, brought me back to um, the feeling of having Final Fantasy eight in my hands in high school. It was that Good. level of excitement Aww. for me. <laughs> 
That's but sweet. Like, yeah, but, I'm doing it. But it was eight. I really liked eight. Oh my god, so <laughs> I want to replay nine. I what, what would be the best way to replay nine? Would it be on PC or yeah, on Steam? On yeah. Steam, okay. okay. It's pretty nice on Steam. And then read my game journal on it, or I just go right into it. Oh my! Can't you like speed up the battles a little bit on, yeah. on it or yep. something? Okay, yeah. that, that's that's why. Yeah, uh, so we were having fun. Like, uh, one, again, one of my favorite features of 15 is like all of the music from all the Final Fantasies. And Jackie oh, and I, I were love having love that so I, much. It's 14. so good. Yeah. That that is that is the right oh, way to fill not. up a Blu-ray disc. It did too. That, it's so good. But like, um, we were replaying all the songs, and like Jackie and I were having so much fun talking about all these songs that we grew up with as kids. And I was like, yeah, but. Final Fantasy IX is so burned into my head because, like, you always saw the first 30 to 45 seconds of a fight song because it took that long for everything <laughs> to load. And, like, that's what kills Nine for me is, like, the combat system is so slow because they have to load in those gorgeous-looking models. Like, it just takes forever. And somewhere Steven is going, someone's speaking ill of Final Fantasy IX, and I need to get over there and, like, hurt them. You know, um, the European PS1 version, it was, like, optimized wrong when the discs were pressed oh. and it runs at half speed. Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, God. There's a rumor right now, um, actually, there's a lot of rumors going on right now that the whole Breath of the Wild may be being canceled on Wii U. That got buried last night. I hope that's not true. But uh, yeah. uh, there's there's a rumor that they're going to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Final Fantasy and, like, they're going to do Steam releases of all the games, including War of the Lions. And I'm like, if you guys fix that frame rate, I'm going to find somebody at Square and I will, like, I, I, I will Wait just the biggest time. I, I will Maz Mickelson them. Like, I will just make out with them like crazy. <laughs> a man or a woman, I don't care. Like, I want to play Final Fantasy Tactics so bad, but that slowdown on Vita is killing me. It's so horrible. Ugh. Yeah. Really? You don't think it's that big a deal? Right. I think it is easily something you get used to and can deal with. So, it's, but, like, having, it's like having molasses thrown in my eyes or Canadian bacon or some some sort of callback. So salty. Some sort of Canadian food stuff just thrown. I mean, at me. I'll buy it on Steam. Cheese too, curds. Because <laughs> my laptop will easily run it. And yes, but. I love that game so much. Oh my god. It's very good. Yes. Uh, also the best part about having my deluxe edition of uh Final well not sorry uh it, yeah, it's the deluxe edition of Final Fantasy 15 is I just love the Amano artwork of the four dudes in the car cuz it just looks so silly to have all four of them just in this car like I don't know why it just makes me happy. Where, wait, where is our Amano artwork of them? Is it on the back? I never uh, saw it. So it's it's if you get the steelbook version of Final Fantasy fifteen. Uh-huh, I did. Okay, look toward the top of the front of the box. Okay. I guess okay. I just never noticed it. Like they're like they're squeezed in at the top in this tiny little car and it's hilarious. Sorry. It's like, oh man, wait, they're in a you can almost hear Armando going, Wait, they're in a car? Wait. Oh crap. They need they need to DLC to turn the Regalia into a clown car. <laughs> that needs to happen. Square. I mean, not is getting a sombrero members. outfit for for his Christmas DLC. So, I mean, come on. I'm, I'm waiting for Derek to look at the box right now and find the car. 
<laughs> oh, hold on. Let me go get it. I was just yeah, do it. Do it. Wait, is this like Where's Waldo? Where Where's Noctis? It's one of those things. I didn't notice it for the longest time, and then I saw it at the top of the box, and I was just like, Oh my god, they're in the car. It's really cute. Holy shit, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't see it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I found it. All right, cool. All right, Final Fantasy 15. <laughs> it's cool. Um, it's it's pretty good. Well, we're we're probably going to cover it for a while as they keep releasing stuff for it. And you know, again, I I get what you guys are saying. I doubt they can fix all the story problems, but you know, let's let's see what they do. Um, and then when we get the eventual Final Fantasy fifteen two, uh, they'll. Uh... Oh my god! Well, I, just, I, I, have I to want that game to be a prequel. Uh, yeah, wait. Not to not. I'm gonna avoid spoilers here. But do you think the ending gave any sort of leeway to a sequel to that game? Really? No. It no. seemed pretty... Uh, but even if it's, like, in-universe, like, in-universe stuff, yeah. not exactly the same heroes. Show me, uh, yeah, show me Iris. Mm. I mean, all of a sudden, like, Doc Brown comes back in time. Noctis, you gotta come back with me. Back to the right. future. Boy, then, Iris certainly was underutilized, wasn't she? Yeah. Or Iris, as they say. Iris. For Iris. Some, mm. Iris. It's, it's like the Maquis. I know how much Rob likes the Maquis. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, no, she's yeah, that your was... party, and they give her battle moves, and then there's just no need or reason for it, and then she's was... gone as quick as she's there. Yeah. That was one of the disappointing things about the last chapter of the game. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, we should probably move on to something else, yeah? Well, I think we should just uh, let it die when it comes to Final Fantasy XV. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that that segue, was a segue, segue. 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 Yeah. No, Come on. on. God damn it, you guys. Uh, an effective se- Every time an effective segue is made, everybody's like, well, that was a segue. No, you can't acknowledge it. You gotta just, no, let, you it just, you just let it die. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so Suda came out with another game. Uh, let it die, the PlayStation 4 exclusive free-to-play game, which is... Man, how the hell do you describe it? It's like psychedelic Dark Souls mixed with Sheeran the Wanderer? Or like, is um, it really? Yeah. Well, have any of you played Baroque? Uh, oh, that no. one was weird. For Wii and PS2, the weird like. Gothic yeah, the game. remake of the of the Saturn and PS1 game where yeah. where you're in a crazy techno dungeon with angels. This is kind of like funny Baroque. Okay, it's um. So we've been hearing about this game for a long time. I think uh, I, I think the first time this game was announced was my first E3, and they showed like you know skateboarding Grim Reaper, and we had no idea what this game was. It, it's well, got. It, it, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. This was originally a um, oh, a yeah, spiritual yeah, yeah. sequel to No More Heroes called Lily Bergamo, um, and Yusuke Kazaki was on board. I think it was going to be a full price game, and then um, Grasshopper got bought by Gung Ho, and oh, um, they. You know, they retooled it into into this free to play game. Yeah, so I spent I, I want to say maybe five or six hours with this, and I, I actually downloaded it immediately when it was available on the PlayStation Store because when you when you say Dark Souls loud enough three times in a mirror, I show up in your house and I'm like, all right, let's play. And um, I like how bizarre this game is, like uh, just the weirdness and just like you know. Chowing down on frogs to recover HP and like running at people with, you know, a, a freaking steam iron and shoving it into their face. And it's just, th- this game is just like 
grungy punk metal. It it's it doesn't it have like fifty bands did the soundtrack or something ridiculous That's right. for it. Like, wow. like it sounds awesome and but then I start playing it and I is it fair to say, Robert, that it's super clunky? Like, uh, yeah, it, I mean, all grasshopper games that deal with action are extremely clunky. I think this is probably the most well-realized one. Yeah, but there's some very, very baffling um, design and control decisions. Like, um, I think you and I both will agree that um, why is it that when you lock onto a, a foe? Uh, the camera does not lock onto them. Yeah, that's that's a great feature. Yeah, who would want the camera to lock onto them? Yeah, that or the fact horrible. that you can't, or that that you can't switch targets after you lock on. Yeah, there is that. <laughs> like, so if you lock on, that that's got to be the dude you start uh you start fighting. And and it's also weird with the timings. Like, it's really hmm. easy to get stun locked, and you really have to complete an animation. And it it always feels like every animation is just a little bit longer than you were expecting. Like, you swing your pipe, and you're like, I'm gonna roll now, and it's like, no, it's just a third or half a second later that you can roll. But like. Hmm. I, I kind of dig that a little bit, and it's it's got that roguelike where you're kind of playing as disposable characters, and when they die, you can lose everything, and there's all these systems and things built on top of each other, and then there's the free-to-play model, and I, I, I think this game is a hell of a lot more nefarious than people realize it is. Like, yeah. it's... It, yeah, it, now they'll throw a bunch of uh, paid cur- currency at you for being an early adopter, if you will. If you die... Get in there. If you die, and you will, you can revive instantly by using... uh, What what was it called? A death coin? I forget what it's called. Death metal. Death (laughs) metal. Okay, that is awesome. I I do love that. You can use it... It's free. You can use a death metal to revive instantly. And death metals are the things... I think you get one every day you play, and you can pay for more. And... uh, it, the uh, the pricing on that can get a little ridiculous, but like, there's something about this game like throwing hard enemies at you to kill you, and then incentivizing you to spend the death metal to revive. I find it a little gross, and you do have other ways of recovering your body. You can you can spend kill coins, which are the the in-game currency that you can't buy, but you can exchange a death metal for it. You can use that to recover your characters, or you can go back in the dungeon with another character to get them back. There are ways around it, but like at one point, I was chilling on one like one of like the first floors of the dungeon. I'm at level two, and I ran into a level thirty hater. When someone dies in the game, their AI, uh, their uh, their body is now controlled by the AI, and it's called a hater. And they try to kill you, and so now I was fighting a level thirty enemy that killed me in one hit. And, but the thing is, it's it's not just the game being um, cruel and trying to incentivize you paying. Somebody, another player, sent that level thirty hater after you. Yep, yep. It, it's so somebody know. was being a jerk. <laughs> well, well, if they die, then it can randomly populate. But then you can also have oh, like really? them, yeah. But then you can also have them like invading your. After a certain point in the game, they can invade your home base. Not unlike Metal Gear Solid Five. Hmm. And they can steal all your stuff. And you know, <laughs> I, I just, 
I don't know, like the monetization structure of this game and playing this at the same time I was playing the DS version of Sheeran the Wanderer, which is way, way less friendly than the most recent game that came out in that franchise, like so unfriendly, like wow, kick you in the balls hard. It kind of shows me that there's a delicate balance that a roguelike needs to needs to find, and Derek, you and I talked about this when we were both playing Sheeran. Uh, yeah. I think Let It Die is very quickly finding itself on the wrong side of that, and then the further people have gotten into this game, the more people seem to be like, yeah, the monetization really goes nuts. Like, you can start paying for upgrades. Like, when you build something in this game, because all the weapons that you find in the dungeon are crap and will break in, like, five hits, in order to get, like, a weapon that will actually last a long time, you need to build it. In order to build it, you need to find a blueprint. You give the blueprint to a store owner, they start making the... Uh, I wish I could do the cat and mouse thing that Steph did, but I can't. I'm not that fast. <laughs> that was but, like, so good. but, like, then you start asking them to build the thing, and for the first couple, like, low-level uh, items, yeah, it takes a minute for them to build it. And I'm like, oh, but when I want to build, like, a mega chainsaw, I can imagine you guys are going to be like, you can have it now for money, or you can wait 24 hours. Like, there's mm. a gross quality to this game. Like, mm. I, I just wish this was a $60 mm. title. You know, it's it's coming to us from the Puzzles and Dragons people. Yeah. So I think I think that influence is very, very felt. Yeah, I don't have much to say about the game. I haven't played it, but I love the logo. Yeah, I love the I love the logo. <laughs> I love the look of this game. I love how just you know nasty and grimy it is. It looks like it looks like a Sex Pistols concert put in a video <laughs> game form. Like I love that aspect of it, but like if this was just a Souls like that, I paid forty or sixty bucks for, I would be so much more into it. That oh yeah, that, that monetization just ugh. But I mean, like, on the other hand, if this is what will allow Grasshopper to make their next, um, you know, feature fully priced game, I mean, if that's if the if the success of of people playing this means that they can do that in future, I mean, okay, uh, I'm happy that this is something that I can play for free if I want to. I'm really getting bored with the levels. I started getting really bored with the level design, and and there there are some just f you over moments where like you fight if you try to fight more mm. than one enemy at a time, it's just not going to go well. And I had one room where like they just threw four guys at me, and I couldn't yeah. escape. And I'm like, oh, that's. Yeah. I want to like this game more than I do, and I actually played yeah. it way more than I thought I was going to. There's a like there's a one of those. There, there were a lot of games that came out in the PS2 era that had this sort of like mid-budget feel. I don't really know how else to describe it. Yeah, and uh, yeah. that's what this game feels like to me is one of those like strange kind of typically overlooked gems that you wouldn't that, that didn't get a lot of uh, mainstream success. Except they sort of twisted that into something a little bit more sinister with all the microtransactions. Yeah, um, but it's, it's it's super interesting conceptually. It is like it, it. It does some. It it just has a personality its own. Like the menus are all kind of clunky, but they're gorgeous to look at. And you know the way that you kind of x out of the game to then go talk to Uncle Death, and you get tips from a guy who's playing fighting games in an arcade. Like that stuff is just so rad, and I love it. But it it's like. And I keep coming back to this combat where just when I think I've got a firm handle on it, it just it's very slippery. I do. Yeah. I really like Grasshopper's imagination, though, just in general. Yeah. No, I'm just saying too. that kind of stuff. 
stuff. It, it makes me smile, and it just suits the style so much. Have you guys checked out the um, the voice cast? Yeah, isn't Mark Hamill in this game just Mark grunting? Mark Hamill, Billy D. Williams, Tracy Lords. It's really, really weird. Oh god, and they're all just grunting. Like that—that's what <laughs> yeah. they do in the game. Is, and like you pick your characters out of a freezer, and when you're like cycling through them, the freezer rotates, and the way they just kind of dangle by like the matrixy cords into their bodies, like. Uncle like Death it. is in the background playing Mad Scientist, looking yeah, a bit like, like Victor from Devil Summoner. Like, I love everything about this game aesthetically, except I don't want to play it. <laughs> like oh, that, really? Like, that's that's the way I feel about it, because it's just, it's so clunky. It is so clunky, this combat, compared to, to the Souls games. And it, again, it kind of made me go back the way playing Dishonored 2 made me go back and look at Mankind. Clunky compared it. to Souls? It, you're still playing Dark Souls 1. Okay. okay you're, you're allowed to think. Yeah, Dark Souls. This is ones, another level of clunkiness. <laughs> but like Dark Souls three is like lightning fast compared to Dark Souls one, and especially compared to Let It Die. And it, and the way that Dishonored two made me appreciate Mankind Divided more, playing Let It Die, and then going to Dark Souls three, like. I was sitting there going, wow, they actually did make some pretty big changes to, like, timing windows and how quickly you can roll after attacks and your mobility. I love the way Let It Die handles your stamina bar. You don't have one. It's just your heartbeat starts to get faster and faster until, yeah. like, you have to take a rest. That is so cool. I love hmm. that. Like, this, like, ah, I love that. It's very unique, yeah. And you're like buzzsawing people in the face and shooting firecrackers at them and like nut shutting them with a, a shovel. It's just, God, this is a weird game. It's pretty funny. It's a weird game. I, I, I think part of me also wishes that it wasn't randomly generated levels. Uh, the 3D randomly generated levels start looking pretty bad pretty fast. Oh, really? I thought the I thought the um, the floors themselves were um, static. But no, the they're random. Treasures are random. Oh, no, really? They're, they're random, and and, and it, they're the same every time I go in. Yeah, that you think they're the same every time because it's that boring. Like, like I'm, I, I think the first level is almost always the same, but I've had some variations in that. But the further you go, the more they open up. It also okay. does a weird. It also does a weird thing where like the levels loop back in on each other. Like you open up a gate in one level, and that opens up an elevator over here, and that brings you down over here. There's, it's got that sheer in the wanderer risk reward system that I really like. But then when you just run up against an enemy that's just way overpowered, like. Yikes. I, mm. Yeah, Sharon gives you the tools to get out of sticky situations, whereas this one it doesn't really yeah. do that. Sharon on Vita does. I've been playing uh, the original Sharon the Wanderer remake on DS, like I was saying. Oh, and yeah. That, that game That's is a cruel game, yeah. That is a cruel game. Like, I, I got a, a shield up to, like, level 10, and then I had this thing where I was trying to rescue a little girl... She got killed by one of those uh, cannonball-throwing enemies. Then he, he leveled up and then one-shotted me. And I was just like, wow, I just lost everything. Whereas Sheeran on Vita, you could get like the undo slips and you can get out of there and still hold on to your stuff. Like I, I think I think Sheeran on DS, I, I don't know how much more of that I'm going to play. That, that game's a little rough. Like, That's an endurance run. Yeah, I, I haven't... Did, did you like Sheeran on Vita, Robert? Uh, I like it a lot. Yeah, I'm finally. Um, it's been such a full year. Um, I finally been. I finally had the chance to sit back down with it this week. 
Um, and um, I've just been really addicted to it. I've been playing it on my commutes and then playing it when I get home. Um, it, it's friendly. It's yeah. a friendly roguelike, but it doesn't it doesn't tell you to go get those undo slips and the points. But like when you figure that out, it kind of becomes like a run game where you feel yourself getting stronger every time you go in. I'm surprised at how friendly it was because I played so much of that first Sheeran game, um, and that's what I knew this series to be. Um, and seeing all of these new tools that they gave you, I worried that it would make things trivial, and it doesn't. It just makes things different um, yeah. in a way that I find really, really satisfying and approachable. Yeah, it gives you, it gives you the sense of progress that I think you know when when Derek and I were talking about roguelikes, like yeah, I get the point of a roguelike, but like Rogue Legacy and Sheeran on Vita, those games still make you feel like you're getting stronger overall the more you play them. And yeah, Sheeran on Vita still has those brutal hundred floor dungeons that will just kick your ass up and down Main Street. So like that stuff is still there, but the actual main story quest is very doable. Whereas on DS, like I've been doing the same, like, eight <laughs> floors over and over and over again just to get, like, minusculely more strong. Like, like mm-hmm. the, the, the minuscule improvements on my character, and that's really starting to grate on my nerves a little bit. Hmm. But yeah, Let It Die is... Let It Die is, like, the, the dark, angry roguelike that I want, but it's just that monetization on top of it just... Just damn it. Hmm. It's a problem. Damn <laughs> Sorry. Oh, bless you. Did that really just happen? How am I not supposed to make fun of that? I'm sorry. How am I not supposed I didn't to make fun of that? Didn't mute in time. Damn it. Uh, so I guess we'll move away from uh, let it die, and we'll uh, we'll kind of you let it stuff. die. Well, uh, was, are we going to move to another world line? I was going to say we were going to take a little jump to the left and then a step to the right and via a time warp. We were going to get oh to God. Steins Gate Zero. I know it was a stretch, but I tried. All right, you, and you, it's fine. Well, I'll let it pass. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I gotta go play Hello Kitty Adventure now. Damn kids! All right, so Steins Gate Zero. Am I going to like this game? No. Okay, moving no. on. Uh, no, you're not. God damn it! Because you didn't you didn't care much for the first is it, one. Is then. it a prequel or is it like a, a sequel? It's a sequel. Sequel, which is confusing. It's a sequel you... called Zero. God damn it! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the I know that Robert and I are both playing it. Um, the The premise of the game is basically there's a really important event at the end of Steins Gate, and Steins Gate Zero is a what if story. It's saying what would have happened if the main character was not successful in his, you know, completing his objective at the end of Steins Gate. And so it follows a, a different world line in the the world, the universe of Steins Gate, I guess. Um, well, I guess to back up a little bit, Steins Gate is a, a visual novel series, and it's also the first game was made into a, an actually really good um, anime adaptation. And Steins Gate is all about a group of sort of ragtag inventors and weirdos who somehow managed to make a time machine of sorts. Um, it's actually a device that can sort of affect the world by sending a text message back in time. But uh, so the the series ends up being about time travel, essentially. So Steins Gate Zero uh, follows a different kind of parallel, parallel reality saying, what if, again, the thing hadn't happened at the end of Steins Gate 1 and, and launches from there? And what it does is it introduces some kind of characters who were... Uh, tertiary to the lives of some of the main characters and brings them to the forefront because now suddenly they, they are kind of needing to follow up on uh, the research of one character from Steins Gate 1 and, and continue working on 
artificial intelligence. Um, the game delves into neuroscience and some pretty interesting stuff. But the problem is, it's it's and it's great. I actually really like it a lot. I mean, I do. I do more than Robert, I think. But the problem is that it's also weighed down, just like Stansgate One was, by a lot of fluff. Uh, they really love to delve into the like silly everyday interactions of the cast, and sometimes it can be a little a little much. Like, if you thought we were actually getting Stansgate into an anime was... for less uh, for less filler. Yeah. Is it? My problem with Steins Gate, the original game, was that all that filler was kind of front-loaded, and everybody kept telling me, like, you need to push through, you need to push through, you're going to get to the good stuff. Is this game, like, the good stuff's in the middle, and then the the filler, excuse me, the good stuff's in the beginning, and then the filler's in the middle? Like, how does it... No, I'd say it's the same. Oh, damn it. <laughs> if, if you thought, um, if you thought Steins win. Gate was... If you thought Steins Gate was missing a... Um, a bunch of uh, conversations about dressing up as a sexy Santa Claus for um, a winter comics con. Uh, boy, uh, Steins Gate Zero's got you covered. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> you're, talking about, you're talking about the guys dressing up as a sexy Santa Claus, right? <laughs> I, I, think that's, uh, I wish I was. I, I think that's one of the reasons why, like, uh, not to swing the conversation to Danganronpa, but so much of the extra characterization in that game was optional. So if I felt the need to, like, if I really wanted to push forward on the cases and like solve the mysteries and keep the main narrative flowing, I didn't have to worry about like going up and talking to all my friends at the school. And I, I liked yeah. that. I, I liked the the ability to do that. And I just kept looking for like a skip button on Steinsgate where I was well, like, it's yeah. because it's because Rope is far more of a game, sensibly than Steinsgate. Steinsgate is is pretty much just a pure visual novel. It it gives you this sort of choice that isn't really a choice option and that uh, the main character has a cell phone that he can choose to answer or not at certain times. And all that really amounts to is a couple of different story branches. The game has uh, five endings, maybe six. I can't remember. I think six. And depending on where you answer it or don't at certain points in the story, that either that branches you in separate directions. But it's like, it's not as if you're shaping your own narrative or anything like that. It's just like, did you did you press A or did you press B? Which way yeah. are we going here? Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, it does. It falls into the same. I, I guess I would call it a trap as Steins Gate One because it sort of depends on your tolerance for the cheesecakey anime stuff. Uh, whereas this, for me, I know I bring it up all the time, but this is similar to um, like how Trails of Cold Steel goes goes in harder on the anime and does a lot more of the like fan servicey character to character moments where they're sort of tropey, although that's a series that likes to subvert tropes and does it very well. Steinsgate mm. also goes in on that with the like, teehee, they're all cosplay fans. Let's talk about anime. And like, there's this one dude who's a pervert who likes to play hentai games and stuff. And I just find that character annoying basically, but you know, it, do- it doesn't ruin the game for me. It's just, they, they really do go in hard on that, but then they sort of, flip it on its head sometimes when when it gets serious. Because when the plot gets serious in Steinsgate, it is dark as hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People get horribly get murdered. That. Yeah, like, there's, there's a lot to do with death and uh, sort of, like, fighting fate and whether or not that's a, an act of uh, hubris against God and that kind of stuff. So it gets to very interesting places, but you have to be willing to wade through a certain amount of silly schlock before you get there. Hmm. Hmm. So I, th- I think it's uh, still an interesting game. It's just, much like the first, I do think it is front-loaded with all that kind of stuff. I find the ratio to be a little bit better this time in terms of the, the serious stuff because 
there there is more fluff, but there's also more serious. I think that the game the game seems like it's bigger. To does me. the fluff help contextualize the characters better though? <sighs> no, I don't. No. I don't really think it does. Yeah, I think it it's feels just, like it's there for yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's just sort of in. No, I agree. It's kind of incongruous. It's just there to be a thing, mm. and. uh it's like, you know how, like, sometimes they release, like, ancillary, like, drama CDs or um, things that really kind of, like, oh, God, I hate quoting TV tropes, but kind of, like, flanderize the characters. Like, let's take these um, quirky elements. And, like, in Persona 4 Arena, where Chie was all about beef, it's a little yeah. bit like that in Steins. Oh, where it's, like, every time she can be about beef, she'll talk about beef. And yeah, yeah, because that one time she talked about beef. And that one time yeah. she, yeah, okay. F-Snake. Yeah. Or, yeah. or Persona <laughs> Q, yeah, Persona Q did the same thing, which which is why I have such an issue with that game because it took characters that had these really nuanced, fleshed out personalities and just fixated on one trait and was like, "That's it, that's who they are." Let's go in on that. <laughs> so, but I mean, Steins Gate, of course, doesn't necessarily fixate on one thing for, for each character because there is depth there. It's just it is weirdly, it seems weirdly uh, artificial for them to focus as long as they do on those things. So, yeah, Robert's, he totally hit it on the head. Like, they do spend, you know, a good half hour talking about their Christmas party plans and how, oh, my God, who's <laughs> going to wear a sexy dress and stuff? And then it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, the entire fate of the world is at stake and billions of people will die if we don't avert World War Three. Yeah. But Santa cosplay! <laughs> universe kind of ended, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is there an anime for Steins Gate Zero or no? No, it's it's pretty new. It just came okay. out. Okay, so there probably will be an anime for it. That's from. I, I hope mean, so. Steins Gate was very well received that that anime version, and and yeah, Real you're good. you're not the only people to tell me just watch the damn anime. And I'm like, okay, well maybe. I'll yeah, watch. it cuts out a lot of the unnecessary stuff. It just it gets to every plot point quicker, basically. And uh, not the way that the Danganronpa one anime was just like th- this. Oh, this no. might as well just be the Cliff Notes version of Danganronpa, except I'm missing a whole lot of stuff. Not at all. Yeah. I really gotta get into that series. I, I you know, it, that series grew on me quite a bit. And I think I really like that overall story. I would totally recommend it. It is really fun. Also, that music is awesome and catchy as hell. God damn it. I do like the death music, or the execution music from the first game. That one oh, stayed yeah. stuck in my head. It's really good. Yeah. I always just get the main theme that they have all the different remixes of. Yeah, that's I, it. I can't really act about it. Like, boom, 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 boom. It's it's really it's got a jazziness to it, which is really cool. It's fun. And then, uh, so I guess we can kind of move into news just a little bit. Uh, Danganronpa V3 is confirmed for the West. Hell yeah! Uh, I I'm hoping it's sooner rather than later. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's January in Japan, so uh, I think projected dates are like April. Me? I'd like it in that's the summer. Soon. Wow, that'd be great. I'd like it in the summer because uh, April is just going to be Persona all day, every day. Like okay, uh, yeah. that. That ain't uh, everything needs to get out of the way of Persona. Uh, I can't wait to have my little school bag and bring it to school every day. Like, <laughs> I'm really excited about that. Uh, like, what would have given to have a teacher like you when I was growing up? <laughs> no, no. Trust me. Real as as Snake said, the reality is no match for the legend. I'm afraid. Like. It's, <laughs> Like, the kids were all like, what'd you think of Rogue One? And I was like, okay, here's my dissertation. Wait, you guys have a test to take. Stop trying to distract <laughs> Damn kids and your rap music. 
and uh <laughs> so yeah i'm really excited for danganronpa v3 but i swear to god if it just turns out that what's her face is the villain again i'm gonna be really pissed off oh yeah I, that, <laughs> yeah please I do not do that <laughs> like if, if junko is literally the villain again i'm just gonna be like oh for god's sake like seriously like give it a rest she's played it. out like, like I want a whole new story, new characters. I mean, one of them, one of the kids looks like a uh, like more metal version of Mighty Number no. Nine, and I'm not sure if that was a joke or not. <laughs> like, the android kid just looks like uh, Mighty yeah. Number no. Nine. I'm totally digging that. And also, you get to play as a girl. That's great. Yeah. A little different. Right on. She's she's the ultimate pianist. <laughs> That's her skill. God pianist. God. She <laughs> plays the piano. You can't say that joke on the podcast. Good night, everybody. Uh, so, yeah, th- there's that. Um, I was commenting to Derek that every time I see uh, near Automata, I just want to... Is it Automata or Automata? I think, I it's, think automata. it's Automata. Yeah. Is God anyone splurging for the collector's edition? That game looks so goddamn good. Oh, yeah. That game looks so good. I bought the original near. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm curious what you would think about that game. I am going to give that game a shot. I I think it's coming in the mail next week. I am very excited to try it. Thinking about a Nier game with a uh, Platinum-produced battle system. That sounds amazing. That's a good selling point. (laughs) Well, so Platinum, you know, I've been real hit and miss on Platinum. Uh, I I did not like Metal Gear Rising at all because I've... I felt very out of control in that game, and maybe I should fire it up again, give it another shot, but I felt... It takes a while to get used to. Yeah, it didn't play like anything I'd ever played before. This game looks like Bayonetta, except the camera is under control, I like the art style, and you're fighting enemies that make the combat fun. Bayonetta was like, I had fun for the first two levels in that game, and then you just fight a whole lot of enemies that are not fun to fight. Like... They don't respond to your attacks. You just wail on them and then dodge and then wail on them and dodge. And I, I just, I don't know. There's something about the power fantasy that I think always got screwed up with Kamiya's games. Like, he seems to understand that you want to feel powerful, but then he just stops giving you fun enemies to fight after, like, the third level. And it turns into a slog. And I don't know why he feels the need to do that with every one of his games. Like, I don't know. But, but that's just my opinion. I really want to like Bayonetta, but that, those games hurt my wrists in a way that no other game does. Really? Yeah. Just I think it's a carpal tunnel thing. Yeah, I think so. I was also playing the PS3 version of the original Bayonetta, oh, which was... Oh, that one's notoriously... Yeah, the broken that, one. that was rough. That That is a rough game on How's PS3. How's it broken? Uh, frame rate. Oh. Like it was por- poorly optimized. It was ported from 360 instead of developed... For the platform. Yeah, oh, that, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, who would have thought Kamiya was kind of being a dick about porting games and, you know, being a little like, oh, I made Resident Evil 2, you guys should still listen to me. And it's like, all right, all right, dude, like... Blocked. I, what? <laughs> you have been blocked. He blocks I, everybody on Twitter. Oh, yeah, no, that's fine. That, that That's fine. He can block my non-existent Twitter. That's fine. But, like, uh, I love Beautiful Joe. Like, I really love that game, and Platinum was made by most of uh, the staff of Clover. Okami is the game that I very very famously played through three times, and I get to the same spot every time and stop, even though I adore that game. Uh, uh, I get to, three games too long. Yes, it is. Yeah. I, I get I get to the Snow <laughs> Village, and I always stop. I get within like ten hours of beating that That's, game. Yeah, I, come on. I just I don't know why. I just I stop every time because I'm just I'm like this game needed to end like fifteen hours ago. Like 
it would be one of my favorite games of all time if it would just know that it needs to end. Not unlike yeah. a little game that, uh, Robert, I meant to ask you about this. Uh, you haven't had a chance to play Shin Megami Tensei 4 Apocalypse yet, have you? Oh, I have. Did you I beat have. it? No, I haven't. Okay. Um, I, I've, I'm, I think I'm near the end. I think I'm near this dungeon that you have been, uh, warning, uh, warning everybody off about. Um, yeah. some other things came up and, um, um, like, I like that game quite a bit. I mean, I think I like Shin Megami Tensei 4 more. So, um, I, I haven't really, I don't have that much desire to go back and finish it. I think I will before the end of the year, but. You don't like Dogda? What's wrong okay. with you? He's awesome. <laughs> he sounds awesome. Yeah, um, he, he is a high point, but it's just, it's so very shonen. Um, and very, like, power of friendship in a way that, like, that's not really what I want from that series, I like so. I think if they could go back and fix the map in Shin Megami Tensei 4, I'd probably like that game more. And mm. replaying 4 before Apocalypse, and I'm sorry for all the 4s right there, but trying to replay 4 and realizing, like, where's the dude I need to talk to to get this game to keep moving? Oh, he's over in this random building? <laughs> yeah, that wasn't great. Yeah, great. Like, that, I think that's one of the things that Apocalypse does very, very well. Like, it keeps the story going while still not losing that, uh, that non-linearity and ability to get yourself mm. into trouble, which I really like. Yeah, I agree. I just kind of felt like, oh, uh, I've I've played this game before. <laughs> do we think uh, Shin Megami Tensei Five is going to be on a handheld, or what do we think? Maybe in ten years. I, I mean, I, I don't want it to be. They spent all that money making Persona Four. Uh, excuse me, uh, Persona Five, and making that game gorgeous. Like they kind of did reuse assets for the better part of a generation after Shin Megami Nocturne, like uh, Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne. So I would not begrudge them that. I, I would not be angry at them for doing that. But there's something oh, about Shin. Like- even SMT4 and Strange Journey reused stuff from Devil Summoner on Saturn, so <laughs> they're still doing that. My only memory of Strange Journey was just being, like, caned in the ass over and over again as I tried to play that game. That's that game was one. That game was vicious. It's a harsh mistress. They, that, that game was savage. Like, I... Uh, but yeah, going back a step, uh, Nier looks absolutely fantastic, and I really... <laughs> I know, we got a little off track there. I really want that game to be good. I really, really want... I had zero desire... Like, I remember when we were all in the hotel room at E3, and they announced, like, the new Nier project, and I was like, that, I have zero interest. And then I saw the game being uh-huh. played, and I'm like, you get to ride a moose in this game. I am, I'm on board. <laughs> like, That's but it's got... Job. It's got that real minimalist world design that I know people are going to be like, oh, it's so stark and it looks empty. And I'm like, yeah, it's the post-apocalypse. That's what it's supposed to look like. Like, it's got that Shadow of the Colossus look to it that I really, really like. Also, I then started diving deep in the Drakengard connection to Nier, and my brain started bleeding. Like, the amount of backstory that they wrote to connect Drakengard to Nier, what the hell? It's like when you it's like when you beat Xenogears and it's like episode five and you're going, wait, what? Like wait, how much further does this rabbit hole go? And it's like quite a bit actually. And uh I actually really like that about it. I thought it was really cool. No, I really like <laughs> like, the more I read about it, the more I'm like, should I play Drakengard? And then I'm like, no. 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 Just read about it. It's fine. Yeah. Just just read about it. But like I really oh, yeah. like uh, make sure you read the accompanying Grimoire Vice uh Google document. Oh my god, I started reading it and my head hurts. I, I, I'm so, like, I, I can't believe I'm going to get invested in Nier. 
that this is weird. I, I don't. I already know the big reveal of like how you are officially supposed to beat Nier, and I think that's awesome. Yeah, I think that's I think that's really cool. Uh, but yeah, I remember playing Dragon Guard on a PlayStation Two demo disc and just being like, "This is garbage. This is this is this is hot garbage." And then Lair came out and somehow made it worse. <laughs> Yikes! Topical, topical. So Nier looks good. Uh, Kaylin, you uh, you seem interested in Dynasty Warriors, Big Cleavage Valkyria, or whatever the hell it's called. Uh, Valkyria, Valkyria Revolution. Okay. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm, I said it before in the pre-show, I want to give it a shot. I actually was uh, a little bit surprised because I hadn't heard that we were actually getting it in the West. And then they just came out and said, yeah, it's coming stateside in spring 2017. I was like, okay. Um, so yeah, um, I, I mean the, the changes that they've made to the combat from what we can tell, you know, it's not going to play the same and, um, I'm just going to try to accept that and, and see if what it does play like is worthwhile. And I know next to nothing about the story or the world per se, so that's something to to look into and see if that makes up for maybe turning it into more, like you said, more of a Dynasty Warriors experience. Um, uh, if you're going to be pretty into it, then just go on blind, see if see if you can uh, go on appreciating it like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, more than anything, I just I kind of want to support them bringing that franchise out here again. Like so we maybe can get three. So we can get Valkyria Chronicles three. Yeah. Maybe maybe if Revolution does well, they'll think about give, giving us uh, BC three, please. You can get two now on the Vita, right? Don't you have to like download it to the PlayStation three and then you can transfer it or something weird? I I heard something for, about for that. Valkyria two? Yeah. Um that was the case, but I think they fixed it so that you they can just directly it. download yeah. it. Yeah. And it's Valkyria three, and people seem a little mixed on two. Maybe I'm reading it's a bad that. one. Okay, but three is supposed no, to be bad. Good. Is such a strong word. It's different. Okay, Does it have a giant one... tank that's gonna make me quit it for the fifth time. It's the one that wants to be Persona Four. I don't see how that's a, how's that a bad thing. Does it have beef? Oh come on, beef. that was good. That was good. Uh, it's steak. Okay, it is steak. But it's but beef is such a funnier word. But it's not, uh, <laughs> it's a funnier see, word. Okay. See, see, see. It's it's like when you say moist and like everybody's skin crawls. Beefy. You know, like, moist. Uh, what about Big beefy boys? What? Golly. Uh, what? What's? <laughs> who just smacked their lips? That was me. We're talking about steak. I thought you were talking about Canadian bacon. <laughs> Oh. oh dear. Uh, what about uh, what? What's the difference with Valkyria three? Like, how's that? Like, if if two's the schoolyard, what's three? Well, Valkyria Chronicles three is sort of a side story that takes place during the same time frame as the original Valkyria Chronicles. Uh, okay. You're following. I forget what they're officially. It's like a nameless squad of people. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's a uh, you know, if Valkyria Chronicles two was a more um, happy-go-lucky version where you're still technically fighting combat, you know, a war of sorts, um, but it's, you know, you're, you're military students, so there's that funniness and and it doesn't take itself quite as seriously as the original Valkyria Chronicles did. Uh, that, what I've heard is that Valkyria Chronicles 3 is kind of a return to form of it's, it's more of a serious tale okay. um, compared to VC2, so... 
Okay. So, I mean, everything I hear about uh, is that it's it's a great it's a it's you know it's better than Valkyrie Chronicles two, which I enjoyed what I played of. Um, so, but they just don't want to give it to us. So, if I have to shell out money to get bigger boobed Sylvaria to mm. make them realize that they can, I will buy Valkyrie Chronicles three, then I will. How do I convince them that I want Skies of Arcadia on Steam? Uh, oh my God, please! How do I convince the JPEG them? textures too? Like I, w- I have wanted to play that. Game. This was what was so cool about this game. Like I wanted to play uh, Dragon Quest Seven since two thousand one when it came out. Uh, and I, uh, excuse me, two thousand. And I want to play Skies of Arcadia so bad. And it's like, okay, I got my Dragon Quest Seven. I'd really like to play Skies of Arcadia. Like. Well- I don't know about Steam, but mate, cross your fingers, maybe it'll come to Switch because there are oh, rumors yeah. that we're going to have GameCube uh, backwards compatibility or GameCube uh, uh, virtual console. It depends Switch. if they do any well, kind of like upscaling, though, because I, I want that game to be, I want it to look better. I want to have like a. It still a, needs a, less random encounter battles. Yeah, it needs to have like at it least like a step option in battles. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, Sega have a history of making um, very good. Uh, decisions when it comes to their past works um, or any works. Uh, as, um, I don't know if you're all aware, but um, Sega of Europe have made the decision not to um, not to release Persona 5 over here, leaving it to Deep Silver because they're afraid it might hurt their brand. Ooh. How is that possible? Blood is yeah. shooting out of my eyeballs right now. <laughs> I mean, what? How is, how is you that see a bad thing as it happens. Possible? How could that game possibly damage their brand? They, they, watched, want, they want to focus on Total War. I've watched friends make very poor life decisions, and I I always regret not jumping out in front of them and and being like, no, don't marry her. Come on, don't do that to yourself. Like, and and I feel like that's what I'm watching right now with Sega. Um, oh, that's why would you tell me that, Robert? <laughs> but they'll have a new funny. Sonic. Oh, is it going to be voiced by Jaleel White? Oh, we can only hope. Is he going to be really interested in chili dogs? Is he still in jail? He went to jail a couple of years ago. Wait, did he? Yes, he did. Urkel? Yeah, Urkel's a bad boy. Oh no! What did he do? (laughs) Do I do I not want to know what he did? Like, Uh, is this domestic abuse? Oh. But couldn't Laura like pick him up? My (laughs) childhood. I'm so. He's hench now. He's real hench. Can I can I go back on a point you made earlier? About Canadian bacon, or <laughs> yeah, I don't call it that. We call it pea meal. <laughs> Good night, oh. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also the uh, ultimate profession of the new Dungan Rumpa protagonist. Hmm. Oh God! All right, uh, I think I think from there we need to stop. Um, this is getting this is getting too wacky. Uh, Robert, you should be coming to Magfest because this would just get even wackier. Oh, that'd be dope. Derek, I have scotch glasses this year, so we're actually going to be able to like drink not out of uh, <laughs> out of hotel room Dixie cups. Yeah, <laughs> red I don't solo think, cup. I definitely swiped a cup, a glass from the bar, so I could just start carrying around a, a glass at Magfest. And Stephen was like, "Are you allowed to do that?" And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> I guess." You were like, "No," but I did. <laughs> I, was, I was playing Dark Souls with a bunch of kids while drinking scotch. It was awesome. Some Banabi and twelve-year-old burning a hole in the bottom of a paper cup. It, it actually, it, like the cup did start uh, coming apart. I, I liked uh, <laughs> when Robert and I went to the uh, pers- to the um, Atlas interview, and he was just slightly drunk. Well, okay. To be fair, to be fair, 
CD Projekt Red always has alcohol at their booth, <laughs> and they had Polish beer, which was really, really strong, and I played some Gwent with Jesse, and I had a beer, <laughs> and I'm a lightweight, so then I had the gift of Gab for the rest of E3. <laughs> <laughs> that was really fun, and now we have MAGFest to look forward to in just two weeks! Oh, I can't wait. Ah! So soon. We're probably going to be at MAGFest before we record another episode of this damn show. Most likely! <laughs> I'm getting in on Wednesday, so yeah. I'll see you Wednesday, uh, that Wednesday. We're, uh, we're staying through Monday, and then we're going to go to New York. Oh, cool. Going to ride a train. Going to ride a train. Ooh, I got to get... Steph, am I picking you up from the airport? Should we work that out now, or...? Uh, I have a group of, like, six... We're, we're somehow, we managed to connect in Chicago to four of our other friends who are going. Oh, okay, so cool. we're going to all be on a flight together, so yeah. Yeah, Jackie and I got to decide if we're bringing two cars or not. Oh, jeez. So. Well, I mean, it's it's just Maryland for us. Like, that's not, that's not it's huge. Just, it's a little far from Arizona, and even farther from uh, London. Not yeah, it's also like 15 degrees outside right now, Derek, so uh, fair warning. Like, uh, I am, I wore shorts and a t-shirt today. Cause I, was I hate you. Uh, I, wore, I wore five what? layers today. I'm wearing like arm warmers, like a sweater, super sweaty pants, and like just everything right well, now. That's uh, you're it's gonna you're get on the wall. I'm on the wall from Game of Thrones right now. Like there <laughs> yeah. are white walkers and ice spiders below her. Like, oh, God, yeah, well, that's what I'm encountering outside. I'm sitting in gym shorts and a t-shirt with my window open because I'm so hot. And on that note, I hate all right. all of you. Derek was never heard from again on the podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry that the flames of hell lick my cheeks <laughs> every day. Woo. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the podcast. Uh, yeah, so thanks again, everybody. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or through the RSS feed. Uh, for Caitlin, Derek, Robert, and Steph, I got confused. I'm like, I'm Robert. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm huge ass um, <laughs> we will see you all later bye bye, time. bye. later <laughs>